This is the Internet of People podcast, a podcast about how Web3 will change the way we work. We explore topics from NFTs, blockchains, DAOs, cryptos, and what it means to be a Web3 first organization. What it really means to embrace working in this new age of the Internet. The goal of this podcast is to make these highly specialized terms and technologies accessible and tangible for everyone. We're not experts, but instead three people fascinated by the fast-paced changes around us and wondering what the world might look like in a few years, or maybe a hundred. Joelle Bonaparte is an attorney and writer. She is the co-author of The Millennial Money Fix, What You Need to Know About Budgeting, Debt, and Finding Financial Freedom, a book that she and her husband, millennial finance expert Douglas Bonaparte, wrote while on maternity leave with her first daughter. Her newsletter, Our Tiny Rebellions, celebrates women's subtle wins to realize larger gains in their lives. The Bonapartes are now very excited to be working again on their Web3 crypto company, CryptoDrip. Joel, thank you so much for joining us today. It is so great to have you here. I have read some of your work. I've read your primer on crypto and I, you know, I'm a little bit well-versed with your story. But for our listeners, tell us a little bit more about how you got into Web3. Oh boy. Hi. Thanks so much for having me here today. Uh, Well, my Web3 story actually goes back quite a number of years uh, to 2013. Uh, My husband and I had just gotten married and uh, we were starting our lives in New York City. Um, I was a young attorney right out of law school and my husband uh, was in an MBA program. Uh, Money was tight (laughs) at the time, as you can imagine, being a a young professional millennial uh, following the recession. It was an interesting time. And a friend of, a childhood friend of my husband's had said, uh, hey, do you have any interest in this new really cool computer that that spits out a a computation and eventually will turn into digital money? And he said, I don't know, let me ask my wife. (laughs) Which I think was, which I think was a way of him saying like, there's no way she'll ever go for this uh, or for us, you know, ever really investing in this with our friend. Um, But the more I learned about it, I said, this sounds very intriguing. And he explained uh, what the potential of cryptocurrency. And at the time, we're talking about early stage Bitcoin miner. Um, At the time, when that was explained to me, I thought, I don't know a lot about this, but what I'm hearing is very interesting. And I think that the potential here is, is, you know, just, endless. And I think that given the time in our life that this hit, I mean, we really had no business investing in a Bitcoin miner in 2013, just given where we were in our lives. I mean, this isn't, you know, this, this was really, uh, it, 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 it was an investment for us at the time. Um, but we really had this hope that, um, the future of where this was going was going to be really, really exciting and that we could get in in a moment where, you know, we we don't know, but we're going to be along for this journey and and, and we want to be and we want to have a part of it now. And so we invested in a Bitcoin miner in 2013 with our friend. We flew down to Texas. We went to a factory where they were literally like making the miners. I mean, I had no idea what the hell I was doing there. It was wild. And um, a lot of things were said that I didn't understand. And, uh, you know, eventually we got the miner and it produced a certain number of Bitcoin and and 
we've been on this journey really ever since. Um, and, and, and through that early stage, we've just been following along and, and watching and evolving our own knowledge uh, as, as it's gone. Um, that's really where this all began for, for us. It, it was a long time ago. It was back when people were saying like, what are you talking about? It wasn't, you know, so it, 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 it's, it's been, a, it's been a while. Yeah. That's so cool. It just wanted to have that opportunity to be involved, but also to be able to say, Hey, we really don't know where this is going to go, but this is so cool. And we want to be a part of it. I think that's awesome. So what at that point, or even now in your journey over the last 10 years, what do you see as the potential for this technology? Well, I think that decentralization as a concept is just is it just opens the doors to so many opportunities. I mean, there's look, there's two sides to every coin, right? Some people say that um that when you open the door to a less regulated environment of any sort, that there is room for wrongdoing and there's room for, uh, you know, unknowns of, of nefarious origin. <laughs> but then the other side of that is freedom, right? It is true autonomy. It is, you know, Web 3 versus the Web 2 that we currently exist in is really just an opportunity for more people to have their voice, more people to have their space and, and, and more room for growth um, and and innovation. And so to me, the, the concept of, of web three is is bigger than just bigger than just this technology and what we're talking about now and what we see. It's really the idea of decentralization uh, as, as a concept and just kind of accepting and embracing the idea that a less regulated environment might produce some amazing results. That's really cool. And so you know you and your husband now have a web three company. Was that always a part of your plan? Were you always kind of, when you started in this world, you wanted to start something in this space or tell us more about how that came about? No, I was just happy to be here. And like I said, like I, you know, I, I was along for the ride and really didn't even know what in the world I was looking at for the longest time. And I think that that's okay to admit. And I think that the more people that admit there's a lot here that they don't know what's going on, but that they're really interested and that they really would like to learn more, the more the less intimidating this space becomes for other people. So I'm not ashamed to say that, that I, I joined in because I didn't know and because I had the hope that I not only could, but that it would evolve into something that would be important to me. So I, I think that um, I kind of, you know, embrace that spirit over the course of those 10 years. And it's funny that even though I, I am an early, technically an early Bitcoin miner, <laughs> technically, um, when NFTs came around and kind of, you know, this all became more like, Popularized, I, is that is that a word? Um, in you know, just became more mainstream and and started gaining more attention. Um, I wasn't even a first adopter of that. I wasn't even the first one in on that space. My husband had started. A, my husband is a, is a toad holder. He was an early <laughs> purchaser of the toads and and a huge fan of that community. And, and we kind of you know we I I I kind of watched him. Um, enjoy and embrace being part of a an, of an NFT community, and and to see how the early stages of that technology and that um, you know that landscape evolved. But I wasn't the first one in. Like I was intimidated. I I felt that the information available to me wasn't accessible or wasn't resonating. I I as a and and that's crazy because I am an educated professional. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney of 12 years and someone who understands 
things. And when I'm looking at this, I'm like, what, what do you mean I have to get a wallet and I've got to put money in this wallet and I've got to, I've got to put f- fiat in this wallet to turn it into digital currency to do this, buy that. It's very intimidating. So I just preface our, our own journey in Web3 with the fact that we are both, and so many of us are, you know, educated people that are still wildly confused by, uh, and, and, and if not intimidated, then slightly deterred by the high barriers of entry of getting into this world. So that being the, the backdrop of Crypto Drip, our Web3 coffee company, um, my husband's passion is coffee. Um, he loves making coffee and obsessed with roasting coffee and just all things coffee. And um, it's, it's become, I mean, look, over 2 billion people consume coffee every single day. Um, it's a ritual. And, and for a lot of people, it's their lifeline. You know, it's their gateway to creativity. It's the way that people come together and share ideas. And it's kind of like a universal language. So when NFT started gaining popularity and attention, and we thought to ourselves, we want to become more involved in this community um, and, and try and spell things out for people in a way and, and, and make, make this world more approachable, as approachable as a cup of coffee, which is kind of how we came upon the idea of let's create a Web3 coffee company. Um, let's merge our love of coffee and the approachability of going to a coffee shop with the ideas um, of Web3 and the communities that are already being built here. And so that was really the basis of how this came about, you know, mer- merging our passion with the, new, with the new technology and new opportunities. And that was about a year ago. That's fascinating, especially the backdrop of how, you know, you're talking about it being so unapproachable because that's something Donna and I talk about all the time. And it was kind of the inception of all of this as well, where we would get on the phone and say, hey, like, I don't understand this. Like, can we just like talk through it and figure it out? And we would spend hours doing that. And a lot of times we'd say, hey, if we had just recorded that, maybe that would have helped someone to like better understand. <laughs> or even if like two people are interested in it. Exactly. And that and that was the way that I, you know, and, and, I, and I say this to people all the time because I have friends who say, you know, oh, I, I saw your post about crypto or oh, I, I saw that you, you know, said something on Instagram or on Twitter about, about crypto, maybe someday you'll explain it to me. Not today, not today, but maybe someday you'll explain it to me. And I, and I said to them, I'll say, I'm, I am happy to take the time to do that because it really only takes one person, um, to, to really ex- explain it to you, to really bring you in. I mean, that's how, that's how we, that's how we first entered the space was through my husband's, um, childhood best friend, um, who happens to be a neuroscientist and is a genius, but that's neither here nor there. But him, his excitement and enthusiasm for the space is what brought us in. And so, you know, I, I hope, I hope for what crypto drip will be, will be this, like, this cup of coffee, this extension of, of, of me bringing you a cup of coffee and saying, hey, um, you know, come join us at our, at our, you know, coffee shop in the metaverse, you know, which is so, you know, um, metaphorical right now, but it, it, but maybe it won't be in the future. I mean, and the idea is just that this is a space for everyone. This isn't just a space for early stage, um, 
you know, early adopters who are like deep in the Discord servers with their like million acronyms and um, aren't very inclusive, you know, in my opinion. So I I'm hoping that uh, we can help bridge the gap amongst, um, um, amongst, you know, lay people who have an interest, who uh, are too intimidated to get in, and also, you know, existing communities that that are here and, um, you know, might want coffee. I've kind of seen on Twitter and in other places kind of the evolution of, you know, talking about your company, your concept. And I think what really stuck with me was at some point, I think you or your husband mentioned that, you know, you're your goal was to use Web3 technology, but to bring real world experiences to people via Web3 technology. And I thought that was a really cool idea because again, it even just like the process of buying an NFT for me, it was, it took days. It took days, days. Like what's the right wallet? It took days. Right? Setting up the wallet in itself. <laughs> like setting up the right wallet, figuring out how I transfer one thing <laughs> from one place to another. What's like, I've definitely lost like hundreds of dollars of like, Correct. Currencies trying to trying to transfer from like one place to the other. I I did what did I do? I minted something when gas was like at its peak, and I paid like eight times more than I would have like four minutes later. I I don't know what I did, but I've definitely like blown money doing this wrong. Um, I, so I I like I that deeply deeply resonates with me. Um, but yeah, that that's always kind of been our goal is to make this. I mean, I know that the idea, you know, and 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 people who are like, you know neck deep in this space might criticize our approach of saying, well, we really want the real world experience. We want to lead with the real world experience because that's the bridge for real normal everyday people, not normal, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the bridge for people that are not in this space to get in. I mean, we're, we're trying to show, um, you know, we can have a web two bridge to web three, like that needs to be okay. If we're going to achieve widespread adoption, that has to be okay. So, you know, we, we started slow. I mean, we didn't, we weren't trying to like do a quick 10,000 mint, you know, uh, PFP that, that wasn't really our initial goal. And that's not really our, our goal now. I mean, our, our, we, we first came into this and said, okay, let's do a small batch because that's how, coffee works and that's how third wave uh you know coffee shops operate and that we let I said let's do a small batch uh drip instead of drop of of NFTs and that and the holders of those NFTs will form our coffee council and the coffee council is essentially like our board it's a fundraise but they're also like our board i mean we've we consult them we talk to them um you know Frequently, they received and were hooked up with like an amazing coffee experience. We were able to give them Chemexes and and all all sorts of uh you know kettles and and cool stuff and and coffee. Um, so we really did want to show that we're serious about giving value to people, um, and 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 we're serious about you know real world utility and about um, you know the idea that the people who who want to provide the feedback to us where we will take it to heart and it will matter. Um, and so I think, and I hope through the coffee council, we've done that, um, you know, and, and the second stage of our business, which is where we're in right now is getting coffee to communities, to, to NFT communities that exist. And this has proven to be a lot more challenging than we thought. <laughs> um, building a, an e-commerce site uh, where you can link your wallet um, 
you know, and, and, and have discounts automatically apply in the cart based on uh, the NFTs that you own uh, to certain bags of coffee that are created for those communities. Yeah, it seems like something that should in theory exist, but when you're building in a space where like, theoretically you should be able to do a lot of things, but it doesn't exist yet, it's hard. And it takes a long time. <laughs> A lot longer than we expected. We hit a lot of hiccups and we built from scratch. Um, but it's it's been an amazing learning lesson. And we were just able to launch uh, Sludge uh, in partnership with uh, with Cryptodes, I think uh, the week of the week right after Labor Day. I think because Web3 is still so I know I know it's been around now for over 10 years, but uh, the connection to Web2 is something people don't talk about a lot, which is that they think it's separate, but the reality is most interaction with Web3 has to come from Web2 because that's where the majority of the internet is. And so um, businesses like yours, you're you're really like forging the way, I guess. And so I don't know if you have any like learnings or, or things you want to share or point us to any resources, but I do think it's so important because um, I work at a company that both has a, a Web3 layer and a Web2 layer. And one thing that we constantly talk about is the more connection to A, the real world, which you're doing, right? Adding like actual real world value, but also into Web2, it just creates that synergistic, um, almost like cycle and relationship. Um, it's not one or the other. It's how do they, you know, coexist um, while still like maintaining the ethos and and um, uniqueness of Web3. Absolutely. I mean, and we're trying to even demonstrate uh, through coffee the concept of decentralization. So, for example, I mean, we're a Web3. What does it mean to be a Web3 coffee company? Well, it means that we are go. We want to be creating and roasting coffee for various communities across the uh, Web3 landscape. We don't just. I mean, we have a house. We have a house roast. Uh, and then we're going to be creating coffees for all different communities. But also, my goal is to use and work with as many roasters as we possibly can, because that is decentralizing coffee. That is giving power to the third wave coffee roasters across the country. And we all know, I mean, that goes back to what, you know, I guess how we began, which is the idea of the, the, the concept of decentralization is about giving power where power didn't previously exist. I mean, third wave coffee shops um, you know, I, I don't I don't know all the economics of, of the margins of those businesses, but, you know, there could be 10 Starbucks in a town and 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 then the best coffee shop is around the corner. Um, you know, they may not have the same, um, you know, they, they don't have the same power uh, as as Starbucks does. And and through, you know, through a business like ours, we could be exposing roasters, a roaster in Raleigh, North Carolina to uh, purchasers of coffee all over the country. And they may not have previously had that uh, exposure before. And so, you know, I, I look at what we're doing is not only, you know, it, it, it's not only a, t a tech company, it's a, it's a coffee company. Um, we want to give power to the third wave, uh, the third wave coffee shops and roasters in, you know, in our country and, and hopefully beyond once uh, we figure out shipping costs. <laughs> <laughs> You've said so many words that resonate that I just would love your your thoughts on. So decentralization, right? Autonomy, giving back power, um, 
these words, I think, are very prevalent now when people talk about the future of work, right? And at owning a coffee company, you are you are a leader of an organization, uh, whether it's decentralized or not. What what do you think are the the parallels there for organizations and how organizations are changing? And as someone who has obviously been been in the workforce for twelve plus years, out, out of you know uh, a doctoral degree, like what what have you seen? What are the changes that are happening for organizations? Oh boy, I could go on about this. I've worked, <laughs> I mean, I've worked for large organizations, um, Fortune 100 company, and I, and I have watched um, the sentiment of the worker change. And I don't mean it necessarily in a negative way, but I mean, I think that people realizing that their sun and moon and stars don't rise and set about, you know, over, over the, the, the title of their job. Um, and I think we've just all gained a lot of perspective over the last couple of years. Um, I think we've gained, uh, and I, I mean, you know, but, but beyond even, you know, our pandemic experience and this whole, everybody loves to use the new, you know, the new hot term, quiet quitting and, and the, no, and the notion of, um, you know, and, and the notion of, of, of your job, not defining your entire life and, and maybe that resulting in setting different boundaries, which, ultimately results in the way that people are managed and results in the way that companies can do their business, you know, putting that aside, I mean, I just, I just think that, that we all, um, we're all just looking for more. We're all looking for more. We don't, we don't want to just be defined by one thing. The idea that our ambition should be defined by the title of our, of our position at one company. I mean, I talk about this all the time. I think about, and my ambition has been decentralized in the last five to six years. I mean, I became a mother. I've got two small children um, while working. Uh, I'm a writer now too. I have a newsletter. I've written a book with my husband about millennials and their money. I mean, I just think that our world has become a lot more dynamic as individuals, as workers. And um, that plays out in the workforce as well. Because, um, it, it, and, I, and, I, and I don't necessarily, I don't like the branding of it by the big corporate machine of like, People don't want to work that hard anymore. I don't think that that's true. I just think that people people value different things and prioritize and are willing to say, like, I'm willing to say, it's as important for me to be a part of, um, you know, to, to be on the board of my kid's preschool um, as it is for me to get promoted at work. That's just as important to me. Like, it, you know, it's, that, that's, that's just how I feel in my heart. And, and being willing to admit that and to have those principles guide my decisions in the workplace, um, it's, I, I think that's the new way. I, you know, so I, I, I that's, did I answer the question? <laughs> I don't know. You absolutely did. And I think, you know, when I think about Web3 and this idea of reimagining, I mean, crypto is one application, right, of blockchain and it's, you know, reimagining financial systems in a decentralized way, I, I think it's just a almost like a poetic symbol for what we're seeing in the workforce and exactly what you just said. I, I couldn't agree more. Right. Which is reimagining people are suddenly, I feel like almost awakened. I really do think we're in, in a, we're living through an awakening, right? When you think of like the enlightenment period, right? You look back and it's like people saw the world differently and they started art and, and culture and like all of these things, um, you know, blew up. There was a reason, right? Those there was catalysts to that, and I think to ignore, I think very often Web three is is very much still a joke, like many early technologies, 
And um, I don't think it should be ignored for those reasons. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the things you just described, that people will talk about openly about work and how it's changing, but they won't look at, oh, wait, these same things are happening to financial institutions and uh, the way that people um, can now do contracts or, or whatever whatever applications that blockchain, you know, art, music, right, with NFTs. Yes. Like all of these things are, they're related, right? Right. I mean, and I think, but you know what? Because it's easier to make a joke about something than to admit that you don't understand it. And I think that as with so many things that evolve, you know, with technology and just with with the times, I mean, it will be a joke up until the last minute that somebody is ready to admit that it's here. And behind the scenes, they're doing all the work to learn about it and they're building their own thing. And But they want to keep the narrative that it's a joke until they're ready to act. And I and I believe that. I mean, I, I, I believe that every, every leader and organization that has dismissed crypto is probably trying to build on crypto. <laughs> like, like in the, you know, DL, <laughs> like I, I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I, I think it's a lot easier to be dismissive publicly of something and to be saying, you know, we're not talking enough about crypto and how this can really, how this can really play in. I mean, and even, you know, I, I've been in the insurance industry for, um, you know, about 12 years now. And I mean, putting crypto aside, just the idea of blockchain technology in general and how much that technology could improve uh, systems in, in the business that I've been in. I mean, I can't even tell you I, that this would be very boring for the listeners to listen to, to how insurance is bound and, and losing policies and blah, 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 and making sure that they're all in the blockchain. But, but the application is endless. I mean, I think about IP um, inter- like intellectual property and uh, counterfeiting handbags. <laughs> oh my goodness! If you if you affixed an NFT to the purchase of every single designer handbag that Louis Vuitton put out, and you know, it would it would save a lot of work um, for their you know IP protection. Point being, it can do a lot um, when when we when we look at the real world application and go beyond uh, what's making headlines. You know, in in the in the in the news and saying, oh, this, this rock sold for 400 ETH or whatever. I mean, like there's just so much more than that, but it's easy to focus on uh, the clickbait than, than to really dig into what, what this will be. I mean, it's not what it can be. It's what it will be. I, I think. And that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast too. Just the idea that like currently so much lore or like internet sensationalization of web three is around the idea make get quick rich, make a ton of money really easy. Like things like that is the prominent narrative at this point, or it feels like it um, based on my algorithms at this point, but it feels, it feel, and that's what we got people, so many people interested, you know, in the pandemic in the early 2020 period where folks were just getting in as a way to get, make money. And it's fascinating how at this point, at the number of people that just think Web3, think crypto, think NFTs and think, okay, this is just a little thing that we'll do on the side to make money and not really realize the technology applications of it as a whole. And Donna and I talk about this often. We say, you know, as as was with the internet, a lot of the internet companies maybe went away when the bubble burst, but the internet continued to change our lives for years to come. And that's kind of how we view the idea of blockchain, the idea of Web3, where, yeah, maybe all of these NFTs won't make it. Maybe a lot of these companies won't make it. But the idea, the fundamental idea that blockchain could change the way we operate businesses, that's most likely going to stay and evolve. And, you know, you're a pioneer in this space in, in the sense of kind of 
connecting real world value via Web3. And we're seeing more and more companies do that. I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, being one of the first in the space doing something like this. What are the types of challenges you encountered? Like, what were your learnings? Anything that you could share um, for other people that might be thinking about doing something similar? I agree with 100% of what you just said, <laughs> by the way. Um, I think that probably the biggest challenge is, is building. Building. I think we took for granted how difficult, we learned quickly how difficult it would be to find the right professionals to assist us in doing what we wanted to do. And I mean, we could start as basic as finding an attorney, which I am an attorney, but I'm not this type of attorney, to talk about, to talk about IP um, considerations with, um, you know, and, and, and how we could even structure different business deals when we're talking about Web3 and we're talking about um, a value of something that fluctuates so much. I mean, I, we could go down that, you know, I, I could siphon down that rabbit hole. But then I think that the um, probably the most difficult thing would be finding developers that really are at the forefront of the space. Um, and who really understand what you're trying to do and could actually do it. There's not that many of them. You know, there's, you, you would think, you would think just, if, if you're, if you're so in this ecosystem, you think you see all these projects popping up left and right and like, yeah, okay, you can put out a 10,000 PFP, uh, you know, project and that's fine. But like to build in this space, to build a, a, a wallet that links, you know, it, it, it was very, very difficult. Um, and not only to find a developer, but then to find one that's willing to invest in your project. They have to really see and believe what you're willing to do to put that time in because whatever you think, I mean, and I think you both, I'm sure, know this, you know, as well. But anytime, anytime you think something's going to take two months, it's probably going to take six I mean, it's, and, and that's, and that's not just here. I mean, it's the same as building a house, right? I mean, everything takes longer than what you think, but in this space, there's just a lot of unexpected hiccups that come up along the way. And so, and I think that a lot of developers know that. So for them to jump in with you from day one and to say, we're going to see this through to completion until this site works or un until this does what you want it to do, we're going to, we're going to stay with you and, you know, ride this out with you. That's really hard to find that kind of partner. And we're very lucky that we did. Do you see any differences in the way partnerships work or the way, you know, you'd build a team or maintain a team when you're working on kind of building a Web3 company versus maybe what you've seen at work in a Web2 world or just in organizations currently? I think that there's a lot more, I think that there's a lot more trust that has to go into this these like uncharted waters that we're in now, because I mean, I just, I come from a world of like contracts and documentation and every agreement has to be memorialized and we shouldn't go forward and we shouldn't, we better put a price on this or don't, don't say how much you're willing to spend now. Like, I mean, I'm like, I come at this from a very like business oriented, like black and white. And that was maybe my downfall in the early stages of us working on this. And my husband is more in a, has, oh, he's, he's in financial services and owns his own, um, financial planning firm and has always been more of like a relationship first. Um, we'll deal with the logistics later type. So somewhere in the middle is, is, is what, what one should do. But in this space, you really have to operate off 
like more trust, more connection, more, uh, am I getting a good vibe from this guy? Is he going to be able to help me do what I want to do? And that makes me incredibly uncomfortable because it's, it's really just the opposite of, of how I've operated in my professional life up until now. But I think that, um, you know, it, it just, it just goes a lot deeper than does this person have the skill set to do what I want to do or it, and, and to really help me and partner with me to do what I want to do. It's you're looking at them and you're saying, are they reliable? Are they going to help me see this through to the end? Um, do I trust them if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to, give them an ETH to help me do X, Y, Z. Are they going to disappear off the face of the planet? I mean, the, a lot of this, a lot of what we were able to to build and what we are building, um, we've built through building these relationships and through uh, connecting with new, you know, connecting through contacts that we already have, either through Twitter or through the NFT communities that we're a part of who've introduced us to somebody else who was able to help us on XYZ. I mean, it's such a great lesson for um, for anyone. I mean, whether in Web3 or, or anywhere else, when you're building something, like you have to pull from all different places and it's not going to be as black and white as, as, as in a, um, you know, as in an industry that's been around for a hundred plus years. I mean, this is, this is un- unchartered and, and, and so is the way that we have to, to do business. That's fascinating. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how the world of work is changing and we're seeing so many more people kind of leaving their nine to five to do their own kinds of projects. You know, gig economy, like that has been a buzzword for a while now. I'm really curious to hear, like, did you, how do folks in your life react when you, you know, said, I'm leaving this stable career as an attorney for, you know, 12 years to do this crypto thing uh, with my husband? Like, what was what was the response like with your friends and family? Well, well, so so I'm I'm going to also be working with him at his at his uh, firm as well. So I'll I'll be we're we're going to be doing a, I'll be doing a lot of business affairs work. Um, I, I'm not I didn't leave my my full time nine to five just to do crypto. Um, I'm also going to be serving like in a in a business affairs role for him and for his thought leadership in the firm. So um, just that with with that one asterisk there, I'll say that. Um, but you know, I think that. People who really know me know that. I mean, my my career in law didn't start the way that I had planned it to. I graduated uh, in the thick of the recession. Um, I didn't really start out doing what I wanted to do and what I had planned to do. Um, I was just lucky to have a job that was paying me anything. I was underpaid. I was overlevered. I had $200,000 in student loan debt, and I was living in New York City, and I was lucky to have a job. Um, but I was miserable for a really long time. And I kind of, you know, I mean, through that, I was able to carve out, you know, a, a niche uh, in, in the world of insurance and really grow to enjoy it and like it. But there's always kind of been this, you know, I, I'm a creative person. Um, and I've always kind of had this, there's always been this like underbelly of like, well, what if, um, what if I could do this? What if I, what if I could branch out and really, you know, and, and, and really reach what I believe to be my full potential, which is not going to be reached in, you know, in a large institution like this in, in a very corporate role. Um, we kind of always knew and hoped that we would get here. Um, you know, my husband built his firm uh, off the stability of my nine to five job. So, you know, this is not just a story about me being able to, you know, save money and then someday leave my job like some of like the fire people you know, the fire movement people who are like, I lived in a, in a, 
I, li- I lived under a under a log for five years and now I can retire. Like this isn't that story. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is more like we are a team and I've held down the fort for a long time in a in a stable large company so that my husband could build his firm and now he's returning the favor. So that's it's it's and it's really really amazing and we've been waiting for a long time to kind of branch out and see how far our creativity as a team could take us. I mean, we've worked together in numerous capacities before this. We wrote a book about millennials and their money in 2017. Um so this is this is kind of just the next iteration of our own, you know, of our own careers together. Um but I'm I'm nervous, I'm excited. Uh you know, it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> Just keep telling myself, it's going to be great. <laughs> That's so awesome. I think it's a great story. I've read your newsletter. I've read, you know, a lot of your writing and a lot of it, or the impression that I get from a lot of it is, you know, you write to women, you write to the struggles of maybe women in a professional world, in personal world, balancing all of that. And we, Donna and I were just on a call before this, and we were talking about how even in this space right now, leadership coming from women is a small percentage of it. Like we're not seeing the same kind of like that, the same kind of imbalance that we see in the web two world. We're kind of seeing it in the web three world. And I'm really curious what your thoughts are in terms of, you know, what, what can we do to get, and, you know, we were trying to be really intentional even with this podcast to get more women involved, to get more voices out there. But really like, what are your thoughts in terms of how we can, help move this along in a way where everyone's voices are being heard. And Donna said this on our previous call really eloquently, and everyone's voice gets to be a part of building this new world. I'm really curious kind of what your thoughts are on that front. I just, I, I believe, I mean, I just, you know, and as, as we all do know, so many, so many intelligent professional women um, who still to say, I mean, not not only not fluent in crypto, but not even conversant in crypto. Um, I, I don't know if it's about elevating the folks that are already here. It's about bringing more of us in. And I think we just need to find the right gateway, the right, the right gateways to make this approachable enough to bring more women into the space. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, I, you know, a couple projects do it very well. I mean, I really enjoy Boss Beauties. I have a Boss Beauty, and I think that they uh, they're doing a, a, a great job at really like like uh, marrying real world initiatives uh, that support women uh, with their own uh, with their own business and, and and what they're trying to do with with their company. Um, but there's not enough of that. I mean, there's just not enough. I, you know, I, it's a really, it's a really hard question. I just think we have to make it more approachable um, th- through whatever means we can. And that's why I even, you know, it's funny because I could talk about crypto to whoever. I could go sit down and have a cup of coffee, but I took the time and it took a long time to write in my newsletter, Our Tiny Rebellions, to write a crypto primer and to try and write it in as simple and most, and, and, and the most, um, relatable and resonating terms that I possibly could. And I wrote it for my friends. That's who I was trying to write it for, not for anybody else. I said, what, what, how can I talk about this in a way that will make complete sense to them? Use analogies that make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like speak, speak a, a language that, that the lay person speaks. 
Um, I just think that women, for whatever reason, and it's probably just from years of the way we've been treated in the workforce when we were even allowed into the workforce, and then to finally be here and to not feel like we have a seat at the table and are maybe only starting to to start grabbing at that in, in recent years, I mean, it's like we still just have that imposter syndrome if there's even the slightest amount of discomfort or, you know, that the slightest amount of like, well, I'm not sure if what I'm saying is right. You know, I don't want to talk about this until I know that every single thing I say is is accurate. I mean, like, I, there's a lot I don't know. I mean, I'm building in this space, and I still say things that are, like, technically incorrect all the time. Um, and you can't be afraid of that. You just have to say, like, I'm I'm learning and I'm growing. And and, and I don't know why why men don't have a problem with that as much as we do but like it we just kind of do and i and it's not right but it's just kind of like a, a, a fact and it's something that you know the more we talk about this and the more we make it more accessible and speak about it in plain in plain terms that can bring people in in the least intimidating way possible is the is the way to get them interested enough to even want to grow um, in the space. I mean, it's just, but there isn't like a, there isn't, I don't know how, I mean, I probably like, I could, I could ask you guys what the result of that conversation was too, because you probably, I, I would assume you might've gone into like gone into a, a, a circle about it the way I just did where I'm like, well, we just have to do more because we do. And I, I, I just, I don't know what the answer is. This reminds me so much of the very infamous studies that have measured the different confidence levels. Um, if we're just talking like binary gender of like women versus men with resume applications. Um, I've even done internal research when I was on the product side and we found that women rate themselves much lower on performance than like their peers um, would rate that. Like, I mean, this has been measured time and time again. So I think, Joel, what you're saying, it's um, it's not new. It's just that this is, this is the way it manifests. It's that confidence Yes. Like, is the threshold lower? Yes. Well, think about how many women... I've had this conversation with with so many friends um, who have said, I'm not qualified to apply for this job because it says that you need 10 to 12 years of experience. And I'm like, do you think that has stopped any man from applying for that job with eight years of experience? That has not stopped anyone. Do not... Like, you only are, you know, able to achieve what you're putting yourself out there for. Like, you really don't even know. I mean, and I, I've i kind of always just, you know, manifested my way into the roles that I've ended up in. I mean, I technically, I, I didn't get there in a traditional way. I mean, I ended up in-house in, in, in a role um, very differently than a lot of other people do um, just through my own you know, connections and communications and confidence. It wasn't through, well, you need to have five to nine years of experience to do X, Y, Z. I mean, I think that just if more women um, approach things uh, with, with with that confidence, I mean, similar to, to this space, like if you just approach it with the confidence of, I don't know it all, but I'm willing to learn. Um, and, I, and I'm confident in the way that I learn that I can actually build in this space. I do think that, you know, we'll start seeing more women leaders here. I love that. And so- the last question I'll ask really is for anyone that's interested in dabbling in getting interested in this space and building something in this space, as someone that's been on this journey for, you know, 10 plus years, what, what advice do you have? What, what could, what would you, you know, what are the top three things you would share with someone who is new and interested in building in this space? Well, first I would say read, read, read read as much as you can. There's actually a lot of great resources that have come out over the last couple of years 
Um, and they're all kind of slightly different. And it's good. It's good to read. You know, it's good even to read mainstream media's uh, op- opinion pieces about crypto and about and and to read about regu- uh, regulation and where it's going. I mean, it's important to get a full picture of the critics, of the possibilities, of the downfalls. I mean, really understanding, um, you know, and and reading is the first step. I mean, in terms of building in the space, um, focus on your relationships first. Uh, Try and ingrain ingrain yourself, whether it's through Twitter or the Discord or wherever. I mean, just try and start speaking. You You don't have to go in with an agenda, but just start connecting with people. Connect with people in the space. Talk to them about what they're working on or what they've seen. Um, you know, maybe uh, you you can even get from them some of their own experience of of what they liked and what they didn't like on on the projects that they've chosen to be a part of. I mean, it's just there's the area of connecting um, that's important. And then if you're actually ready to build something, I would just say be patient because. It, it's really easy to abandon something in this space and just say, oh man, that's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I mean, we what we thought this project was going to be when we started is very different than where it is now. And that's not just because of the tech, you know, the technology hurdles. It's really also because the space has evolved so fast that it was literally evolving while we were building. And, and, and you have to kind of like embrace that. Uh, you have to embrace that fluidity when you're working in a new space and be patient that if something that happened may completely uproot what you've been working on and that has to be okay. You have to say, okay, that was a setback. It might take us another month to get coffee out, you know, get coffee out to this first community. I mean, we were hoping, oh man, we, I think we were hoping to have coffee out beginning of the summer. We just got it out right after Labor Day. That's how much longer it took. Cause it, you know, and, and, and you just kind of have to embrace that and not let it completely cripple you, you know, mentally, um, or, or really discourage you. I mean, just being patient and believe that it matters. Believe that whether what you're building ends up being successful by objective terms or not, believe that your work in the space matters, uh, to advance the ball forward. And, um, yeah, those are, those are my tips. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for joining us today. If our listeners want to find you and if you want to be found, where what's the best way to, to stay up to date on all of the things that you're working on? I would say to check out and subscribe to my newsletter, Our Tiny Rebellions, uh, which is on Substack. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Average Joelle. Love that. Thank you. Oh, and of course, who, I, am, I like, am I like the worst co-founder of all time? And of course... Crypto drip, crypto drip dot X, Y, Z to learn more about our Web3 coffee company and to buy coffee. <laughs> so selfish, focused on myself. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Joelle. Thanks for listening to an internet of people. If you have questions, ideas, or if you know someone who'd be great on the podcast, use the links in the show notes to get in touch with us. If you liked what you heard and want to go on this journey with us, please subscribe and share. Until next time, build trust and stay distributed.